doing a recording now of the Chazorah uh, of Daf Chavtes, Mesech Shabbos, starting from the Mishnah of Daf Chavtes on the base. The Mishnah says, Pusilas HaBeget Shekipada, if a person takes a piece of material from a Beget and he rolls it up to make it into a wick, the Lehibhaba, that he did not, in any way, he did not uh, singe it. Rabbi Yezah says to Meohi, it is still the Kabul Tumor, and a person cannot use it to be Monday, cannot use it as a wick for, for the time being, we'll assume for Shabbos lights. Whereas Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says to Hirohi, it is now no longer the Kabul Tumor, and we can be Mardukit, you can use it as a wick. So the Gemara says, Bishlam Alinyan Tumor, it's all well and good with regard to Tumor, Bahor Peligi. We know what they're arguing about, this is what they're arguing about. The Rabbi Solva, the Rabbi holds, Kippel Enomayo. To fold up the piece of material does not help. Uve Milse Komaisa Kaima, and it's retained, it remains in its previous, in its original state. What we're talking about here is a piece of material. We're talking about here, a, a, as we're going to see in a little while in the Gemara, we're talking about a piece of material which is exactly 3 by 3, um, 3 by 3 at spoils. The minimal size, the minimum size that a, a, a piece of material can be, to be a Makabal Tumor. Less than that, it's no use even for Aniyam, even for the poor, they wouldn't keep it for a patch, they'd get rid of it. So we're talking about a piece of material, and you roll it up. Now by rolling it up, now it's less than 3 by 3. So Rabbi Yezah holds by folding it up, it does not help. It's still, since you can still unfold it, you haven't done anything to it, therefore it's still a piece of material, which for all intents and purposes is 3 by 3, and it's still Makabal Tumor. Whereas Rabbi Akiva, Solvay, Rabbi Akiva holds, Kippel Moyel, just by folding up, already helps. Will be today bottled and is mavatted it from being a piece of material of 3 by 3 at boys. That we realize. But what are they arguing about when it comes to these machlekes or madikin or eim madikin? So Omer Rabbi Elazar, Omer Rabbi Yeshayel, v'chein Omer Rabbi Adobar Abba, so to Rabbi Adobar Abba said the two machlekes are actually interlinked. As we said, here we are dealing with a piece of beged, which is exactly three by three at spoils. Until now, the way I explained it was three by three, it didn't have to be dafka three by three exactly. As long as when you fold it up, it was less than 3 by 3 that would have been good enough to explain the Machlechus of Tumor. But here now we're saying it's talking about where it's exactly 3 by 3 at Spoilers. We're talking about, it's not a normal Erev Shabbos, it's Erev Shabbos, but the Friday, the Erev Shabbos is also Yom We assume that everyone holds of Rabbi Yehuda. The Rabbi Yehuda says, the Omah, he says, Masikin Bekeinevei, Masikin Beshivrei That on Yom Tov, we know on Yom Tov you can make a fire, but only with Kalim and not broken Kalim. Because Kalim which broke on Yom Tov is what we call Neilat. They were a Kli, now it's a broken Kli. It's a different thing entirely. It was, let's say, a table, now it's a piece of wood. And the Halach is Neilat, like Rabbi Yehuda holds on Muksa. Neilat is in many ways a more common form of Muksa. It didn't exist at all before Yom Tov came in. And therefore, it's muksa, and if it's muksa, you can't light with it. That's one piece of information. Number two, the is the Everyone holds of ula. The Oma ula the ula says 
That when a person is mandik, a person, this is to do with lighting Shabbos lights, that a person must make sure to light, when he lights, he must light, make sure that the majority of the wicks sticking out of the, out of the nair, must have taken, must be enveloped by the flame. That's what Ola says, and that's taka halacha, that's the way we pass him, that you should make sure that the majority of it has taken light, then there's no worry that it may go out and you're going to come to mess around with it. That's what you should do. That's one reason given for it. There could be other reasons, but that's, that's one reason. Fine. So, once we put these two pieces of, of information together, we can understand the Machlokas. Rabbi Yezza, Salva Rabbi Yezza holds Kippur Lena Mayel. As we said before, by folding it up, that doesn't do anything to it. It's still a piece of cloth of three by three. The Chivin the Alik Bey Porta. So when you light it, just a little bit on Yom Tov, you light it a, a little bit, that first bit, as the first bit takes, the flame takes hold of it, it becomes now a broken clean, because it's no, now no longer three by three, it's three by three minus a tiny bit. And when you continue to light it, because remember you've got to hold your hand there, you've got to hold the, the splint or the match there, until the majority of it takes, takes light. You're actually lighting You're lighting a broken kli. No lat, mukta. No good. Whereas Rabbi Akiva, whereas Rabbi Akiva holds, Kippel Moir, as we said, when you fold it up on Erev Yom Tov, it's already lost its, its shame kli. It's already lost its thing of being three by three at voice. It's already a sheva kli. So in which case, Kippel Moir, they didn't teras kli alone. It never had a teras kli on it when Yom Tov came in. And when you even start to light it, bait for Amokamalik, you're just lighting a piece of wood as far as we're concerned, and it's no problem whatsoever. It was always less than 3 by 3 x voice. And therefore, you can light with this on the Erev Shab- Shabbos, which is Yom Omar Rav Yesik says, Rav Yesik said, That's what my Rebbe's always taught me. I used to learn from my Rebbe's. Something about a Mishnah referring to exactly three by three at boys, Mutsum Thomas, but I didn't know what Allah they were talking about. Now that Allah Barabbas answered, explained our Mishnah according to Rabbi Huda, Shimami no. Sorry, that, that's, sorry, I've jumped the gun. That's it. Look, I didn't know what it was talking about. Now I know what it's talking about. Full stop. So the Gemara now says, separate point. Now that Ravada Barabba has answered the Mishnah according to Rabbi Yehuda, he said that both Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Akiva hold all Muksa stroke Nolat, we assume that Ravada Barabba, it would seem that he holds a Rabbi Yehuda, i.e. of Nolat. Did Ravada Barabba already say this? Does he really hold of Nolat? He said, top of Chavtes Amadalov, if you've got a guy who takes a piece of wood of yours and he's he digs out a little bit to make it now it's not just a straight piece of wood it's now can be used as a measure a kav the halacha is says Ravada Baraba Yisrael Masika Biyomtev it's Nailat it was a piece of wood now it's a measure it's a kli still Yisrael oh, this was done on Yomtev Surely it's Nolat? Nonetheless, Yisrael can night with it on Yom Tov. Vamai, but why? Nolat, surely that's Nolat. So we answer, No, 
Ravada Barabo, when he explained the Mishnah, he was explaining the Machloikas Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Akiva. And as he saw it, there's no way of explaining it other than according to Rabbi Yehuda. But Vilele Sirole. But just like we, we do not hold the Rabbi Yehuda, we pass Kanak Rabbi Shimon in Noda's Muksa. So too, he himself does not hold of it. He personally, Ravada Barabo Paskins, like Rabbi Shimon, that Noirad is not a problem, and therefore you can light with a Sheva Kli on Yomtev. Comes along Rovo. Rovo Omar Rovo says, Hi, new time at Rabbi Yasa. This is the reason of Rabbi Yasa. Lefi she'imadikin b'psila she'inomuchurechis. As for the Tumor, the Tumamachlekes is as you said. It doesn't have to be exactly three by three at spoils. It could be any size. Once you fold it up, it's no longer a beggar. That's what Rabbi Yezza holds. Um, sorry, that's, that's what Rabbi Akiva holds. Therefore it's tar. Rabbi Yezza says, now nah, you can still unfold it. As long as you haven't singed it, it can still be unfolded. Therefore it's still makabal tumor. As for the Havloka Machlekes, this is talking about an ordinary Erev Shabbos. Nothing to do with the octopus, says Rabbi. And a high time with Rabbi Yezza. This is the reason of Rabbi Yezza. Because you're not allowed to light on Erev Shabbos with a wick which is not singed. And not with smartutin are like rags which have not been singed. Now Tosu says, well, if you can't light with a pesilo, with a proper wick which is not singed, with a with a culture uh, came with a, with a rag which definitely will not take the light very well if it's not been singed. So Tosa suggests, based on the, the Tosef, that the Gerson maybe should be, even if they have been singed, if they're rags. And the reason for this is one and the same, because if they have not been singed, or if they're rags and they have been singed, either way, they will not take the light so well. And we're worried that you may come to Shamayata and all this, and the light won't take so well, you may come to Shamayata. So Bekitza, it must be singed before. And that's the shit of Rabbi Yezza. And Rabbi Akiva obviously disagrees with that. And since, by the way, Rava is the one who says this, says Tosus, Rava Basrahu, we pass the night Rava. And Rabbi Yezai against Rabbi Akiva, the halacha is always Rabbi, like Rabbi Akiva. And therefore the halacha is that you do not have to singe the lights before Shabbos. But nonetheless, we know it's a praiseworthy custom that the husband prepares the lights for the wife. And in doing so, he lights the wicks and puts it out. So that they should like better, although it's not absolutely necessary. But we did mention that if not only does it not make the light light better, it actually impedes the the lighting process. The Chazan Ish was of the opinion there's no point doing it then. Um, nonetheless, there are other reasons, maybe RP Kabbalah and things like that to do it, and therefore many people stick with the custom. But as I said, if it impedes it, if it stops it, then that may well be, there's, arguably, there's no point doing it. But definitely from a halachic perspective, there's absolutely no necessity to do it. So the Gemara says, well, in which case, that which Rav Yosef taught, that was this thing he was recovered from his rabbi, something about three by three, exactly three by three at twice, Lamai for what halacha was that taught? Because if it's to do with the with the Mishnah about Siras Habeget, which loved after three by three at boys, now it can be even more than three by three at boys. When you fold it up, if it's less than three by three at boys, they're going to have this machlokes. 
So we said no, le'inyan tumo. It is with regard to tumo, but a different machlekes. And that is the following. This now because we've learned in a Mishnah. Gimel al gimel she'omru. If you've got a piece of beged, which is three by three hectares, and they said that's the minimum size for it to be makabal tumo. Chutz men amelel. Different Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says that when you talk about three by three hectares, it's got to be three, three by three hectares. Aside from the metal, now the metal is a little bit of the sort of the edge of the material which is sort of folded over. In other words, if you're going to make a patch, which is what they'd use such a small piece of material for, you put it onto the hole, you don't stitch right round the edge. You leave a bit a little bit of a of a of an overlap and you stitch a little inside that. So the three by three edge boys has to be aside from the metal. It's three by three edge boys plus a little bit. Whereas the Chachomim, the Chachomim say, no, Gimel, I'll give all the Chuvanos. Three by three, exactly. You don't need three by, more than three by three heads boys. If it's three by three heads boys, straight away it's Makabal Tumor. And that is what Rabbi Yosef was being taught. Even though, yes, coming back to this question, he was wondering, three by three heads boys, if it's to do with Tumor, then Kolshkin if it's more than three by three heads boys, says Rashi. Why would it be duck if it's if it's exactly 3 by 3 boys, the answer is, you're right, Kolshkin if it's more than 3 by 3 boys. But it's trying to tell you, once it's 3 by 3 boys, exactly, even if it doesn't have that extra little bit, the metal, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. 3 by 3 boys is already Makabal Tum. Omar Rav Yehud Omar Rav, says Rav Yehud B'Shem Rav, Mesikin B'Kedim Ve'im Asikin B'Shem B'Kedim. Continuing from where we left off, Divri Rabbi Yehuda, that's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. We know Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon the Machlekes. On Yom Tov, you can light with Kedem, but you can't light a fire, we can't use as fuel, Shivrei Kedem. No, you know, things which broke on Yom Tov. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. You got, a, you got a, a chair that broke, the bits of wood, you can't throw them into the fire if it broke on Yom Tov. But Rabbi Shimon not say, whereas Rabbi Shimon says it's mutter. Because he doesn't hold of the problem of no that. Masikim Mitzmorim, Machlekes number two. Masikim mitzmorim. If you've got dates, you've eaten the dates, you're left with the pips, you can, uh, well, you can light with the whole dates, but ochlom, once you've eaten the dates, e masikim begarinen, you can't light with the pips. Because, once again, that's no that. If they were eaten on Yom Tov, it was a date, now it's a pip, we're going to discuss that soon, Bezit Hashem. That's already called no that, you can't light with it. Tipri Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shimon Mata, Rabbi Shimon allows it. Masikin Begoism, last Machlokas, Machlokas number three. You can light with whole nuts. But Ochlam, once you've eaten the nuts, on Yomtov, you eat them on Yomtov, E Masikin Bekliposeen, you can't light with their peels. No nut! Divri Rabbi Yoda, that's the opinion of Rabbi Yoda. Rabbi Shimon Mata, Rabbi Shimon allows it. Utsrikhu, we say, all three Machlokas are necessary. Each one's got a Kiddush. The Iyashmin on Kamaisa, if we were only to be taught the first one about the, the, the broken Kaden, I would have said in that case, by Yikon Rabbi Yehuda. In that case, Rabbi Yehuda says, you can't light with it. Why? Mishnah Dameh Ekara Kli, because originally it was a Kli, Kli. now it's a broken Kli. It's changed form. It was a chair, now it's a piece of wood. And it's forbidden. Avul tomorrow, but in the case of dates, Dameh Ekara Garinin, originally it was pips, Vahashtar Garinin, and now so too it's pips. I may have said that's perfectly fine. It was pips, now it's pips. If you'd only told me the, the, the case of pips, I would have said, you know why Rabbi Yehuda holds there's a problem there? Because originally they were covered up. 
Now that you've eaten the date, now the pips have been revealed. It's like an egg which has been laid. That's loinat. But the peels on the outside of the nuts, right from the start, they were always there to be seen. Now they're still there to be seen. That's perfectly fine. That's not loinat. So therefore, tricha. it's necessary to teach us that even in that case, Rabbi Yehuda would hold that's called loinat. Now, the Gemara then goes on. Let's go a little further first. You should know that this thing that Rav said, that according to Rabbi Yehuda, even the case of the dates would be considered Noilat, even though it was Pips, and now it's Pips, hasn't really changed. And Rav said that's still called Noilat according to Rabbi Yehuda. It was never, Rav never said that explicitly. Rather, it was implied from something which he said. Or it was said from an implication. The Rav Ochal Tamri, because it was on a weekday, Rav was eating his dates. The Shoda Kashiya saw the Bukhya, and he threw the pips, he threw them into the Bukhya, which is like a stove, is an oven. Rashi says made of tiles. And Omari Rabichiya, his uncle Rabichiya, said to him, Bar Pixi, son of great ones, connecto beyond of Osa. If you were to do that on Yomtuf, it would be forbidden. To eat your dates and throw the pips into the oven, that would be Osa. Now the shayla is kiblamine or no kiblamine. That's clearly because he's saying it's neilat. Was Rav Makabal the psak of his uncle, or did he not accept it? Well, let's see. Toshema, come and listen. The chiyosa Rav lebovel because when Rav came to Bovel, ochal tamri he ate dates. The shoulder kashiyosa. This was on Yom Tov now. The shoulder kashiyosa the chiyosa, and he threw the pips to the animals. My love, don't you think, also, we are talking about the Persian types of dates, which are very, very good quality, and therefore they're properly ripe. All the fruit comes off the pip, and therefore all you're left with is the pip, and therefore, according to Rubichia, stroke Kravyoda, that would be Nailat. And he, below Kibla, clearly, the fact that he still threw it to the animals, obviously he was never macabre it. He held it's not called Nailat. Well, it's not a problem, at least. So we say, no, no. Either, as I said, either he holds it's not Noilat, or he holds, he doesn't hold the Rabbi Yehuda. The truth is, by the way, the truth is, to, to make clear, Tosa says, we know that Rab holds that Noilat is a problem. We know that. As we learned in the first paragraph towards the end on Dafya test, Rab does hold that Rabbi Yehuda. What we're trying to prove here is whether the case of the date is considered Noilat. I don't know if I explained that so well in the shit. We know that Rav holds that Noilat is a problem. He does not pass on Rabbi Shimon, he passes on Rabbi Yehuda. What we are trying to deduce here is whether he holds that dates, like Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Chia holds, not only do we pass him like Rabbi Yehuda, we hold that the date is considered Noilat, and therefore Rabbi Yehuda would hold it's a problem. That's what we're trying to deduce here. So we're trying to suggest the fact that on Yom Tov, Rav ate the dates, took the pips and threw them to the animal. Obviously he holds, Rav would say, I agree with my uncle that we pass on like Rabbi Yehuda, that Noilat is Moksed, you can't do it on Yom Tov. But I hold, dates is not, is not Noilat because they were pips, now they're pips. And therefore clearly he didn't accept it. So the Gemara says, no, no. But Aramea also, it was Aramean types of dates. And those dates are not so, such good quality. And therefore, as you know, sometimes when fruit is 
it's very, uh, it can be either, either it's overripe, it's not, it's not completely ripe. What happens is you take off the fruit and still some of it sticks to the pit. So, therefore it's not completely muksa because since you can move the food part of it, you can move the pit together with it and therefore it's not a problem of muksa stroke no doubt. But enochanami, the dates themselves, if you were to have eaten the dates completely and you would have been left just with the pips, even Rav would agree with his uncle, Rabbi Chia, that that is considered Noilat. And since Rav holds like Rabbi Yehuda that Noilat is a problem on Yontov, you would not be able to light with it, according to Rabbi Yehuda. That's what Tosha sort of explains within the Gemara. Tosha then asks Akasha, and he asks, but okay, very nice. So we now know that Rav has said, not only do I pass at Rabbi Yehuda, that Noilat is a problem, but I also hold that even dates is considered nolat, even though they were pips, now they're pips. But how do we know that Rav held that even with nuts, which you've told me is an even bigger finish, because there you can actually see the peels on the outside, even that would be a problem of nolat. How do you know that? So Tosa says, because the truth is, there's not really a difference between the pips or the peels. They're exactly the same. One may have made the mistake of thinking that there's a difference between pips and peels, because one can be seen, one can't be seen. But the Emma says it's not really true. Once we know that pips is no doubt, the peels will also be no doubt. And we added a, a little bit of beer to that, a little bit of explanation to that as follows. That in the previous Tosus, Dibam Askel Othlon, Tosus asks Akasha. Tosus says, I don't understand why is it that pips it's considered Noilat. We have a Gemara later on, towards the end of the Masechah on Daf Kofman base, which indicates that if you've got a, um, you've got a, a goose, and the day before Yom Tov, you shafted it. We're just going straight to the heart of what the Gemara is talking about there. So it says what happens there is, you shafted it before Yom Tov. Now, that means the whole thing is royal achilah, you can eat it. But it comes Yom Tov, and on Yom Tov, the Kravain, the, the insides, have gone a little uh, off. And therefore, they're no longer royal amachalov. People can't eat them. So you want to throw it to your cat. We say that's perfectly fine. That's not Noilat. The reason being, why? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you why. Because, since yesterday it was already shafted, even though at that point it was Royal Amakhalodom, you already had it in your mind that if tomorrow it goes off because of the sun and whatever, I'm going to give it to my cat. So ask Tosus, why should it be any different with the dates? I know that if I eat my dates tomorrow, I'm going to have pips. Well, pips I can't use. So what am I going to do with the pips? Obviously, my das is that when I eat the dates, I'll give the pips. To my animals, or I'll throw it into the fire. Why should that be no doubt more than the, more than the insides? On the contrary, the insides, at least they were Roy Lamachalotum before Yontov. The pips are never Roy Lamachalotum. And therefore my das was always to give them to the, to the, uh, to the chayas, or throw them into the fire. So Tosus answers, and I said, with this, I think it, it sort of brings home the point of what no doubt is. He says there's a major difference. In the case 
of the um, the um, the goose. Since it has been shafted before Yom Tov, the animal now no longer needs the insides. Meaning before Yom Tov, I have the meat of the goose and I have the insides, two separate entities. It was already called Korobayim. And I knew, knew before Yom Tov, it may go off tomorrow and if it goes off, I'm going to give it to my animals. That's perfectly fine. Because it had already existed. The fact that it went off, that doesn't really change it. It's it, uh, thing. It was Korobayim and now it's Korobayim. Gone off a little bit. So what? My dance was already on it yesterday. Mash'ei came with the case of the pips. The pips do not exist when Yom Tov came in. Because when Yom Tov came in, I had dates. And the dates, the pips, keep the dates fresh. Which means, therefore, the dates, the pips, sorry, the pips are serving the dates. Since they are serving the dates, the pips are considered part, part and parcel of the dates themselves. They're not considered pips yet. They're considered still part of the date. When you eat the fruit, then they now become a separate entity. They become pips. So therefore you can't say, but yesterday I knew that when they become pips. Yesterday there was no pips in existence. They didn't exist. And therefore no das in the world can help. It's like, Dovah Shereh in the case of the goose, the Kravayim, they existed yesterday, so I can have das on it. Mashtenkim, the pips, the pips didn't have an existence. With that in mind, now we can understand. It makes no difference whether the pips can not be seen, or whether you're talking about the peels on the outside of the nuts. It actually makes no difference. The point is exactly the same in both. Yesterday, there was no pips, there were no peels. Yesterday, there was just dates and nuts. When you eat it, now it becomes pips, stroke peels. That is no doubt. And that is completely different. No das on Erev Yontif will help you with that. And with that in mind, we explained the sort of the Sri Chasa and the Gemara. Now we can understand. Because we asked that, according to this, the way it's built up. So why didn't you just tell me the last case? Just tell me the case of egoism. That even in that case, it's considered, it's considered, uh, it's considered no doubt according to Rabbi Yudha. So we said, well... Either you could just say Zuvein Sarafle Mazu, it's just a build up, getting bigger and bigger, bigger chiddush. Not only the case of the broken Kaden, but even in this case, and even in this case, it's actually all the way through that Rabbi Yoda holds it, it's, um, it, it's no doubt. But we suggested another answer. That remember, the case of the Sheva Kaden is a chiddush according to Rabbi Shimon. That even in the case where I had a chair, and now it's just a piece of wood, even that Rabbi Shimon says is not a problem, you can like that on Yom Tov. I'm not worried at all. We said, okay, so just tell me the case of the Sheva Kli and tell me the case of the nuts. Why do I need the case in between? Why do I need the case of the dates? The answer is because the, the case of the dates is actually the source for the nuts. The nuts is the biggest Chiddush only for somebody who doesn't really understand how no doubt works. And they think, oh, there may be a Chiddush but, between the nuts and the, the dates. So therefore I have to tell you both cases. But the truth is we don't have no Nalok about the nuts if not for the case of the dates. Once we know that in the case of the dates, even there, Rav holds, that's called no doubt according to Rabbi Yehuda, and therefore you can't like them, who are then the nuts. Now the Gemara continues on. Omale Rabbi Shmuel Baba Khanal Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Omale, he said, Masikin Bekadim, Ve'e Masikin Beshivrei Kadim. You can light, you can throw into the fire your Kadim, but not Kadim which broke on Yom Tov. Kimen the Adik Purta. So surely, how can you ever light a kli on Yom Tov. The minute you light a little bit of it, Havadeh Shibre Kedem becomes Shibre Kedem. 
And then when, as you adjust it, or you continue to lie to whatever you do to it, you're going to be doing that with muksa. It's no like now, because it's now shemikli. So the Gemara answers, no problem. He does like, that's a Rav Masna. Because Rav Masna said, in the name of Rav, Wood which drops from the tree, it drops into the oven on Yontuf. Well, that's Noilad. It was joined to the tree. Now it's come off. So, what do you, you want to be able to lie to? You want to be, you can't. Smuksa. So all you do is, Marba Eitzim, you, you add lots of extra wood, which was Mukhan from before Yontuf, which was not Muksa. Umesikhan, then you, then you can light them. The Firashi is because of Bittal Baroiv. You Mambatal, the Muksa wood, the Noilad woods, Baroiv, in the majority of wood, which is Mukhan from before Yontuf. Oh, other than the Rashba disagrees with that, it's more Sugi and Beta, so we, we didn't particularly go into that. Rav Amnuna Omar Rav Amnuna said, and He says, I've got a different shot going back to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is not talking about lessons 3 by 3 exploits. It's talking about lessons 3 by 3 to forfeit. Or in other words, put differently, between 3 by 3 exploits and 3 by 3 to forfeit. Less than 3 by 3 to forfeit, but a minimal, a minimum of 3 by 3 exploits. Remember, 3 by 3 boys is useful for Anim, not Ashirim. 3 by 3 Tafokhin is really useful even for Ashirim. It's the in-between stage. Umikule Matsalonius Shonu. And we're learning here from the Kule Matsalonius. Now, Matsalonius are like, uh, I wouldn't call them rags, but it's, it's basically little pieces of cloth which are light in people's eyes. They don't have, they don't have much Kashivas. But also and each and Akiva follow their own shetah. This now because we learned in a Mishnah, if you got less than three by three to a piece of beggar less than three by three to So already it's not so choshev. But a person gives it a little bit of a use. Okay, now again, if it were to be three by three to that's already a choshev a piece of beggar. So it wouldn't become bottle. Yeah? And therefore, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be bottle and it would be makabal tzumma. But here we're talking about, it's less than three by three to bottom, so already it doesn't have so much chashivas. And a person sets it aside, he says, you know what, I'm going to use it for something. What am I going to use it for? Lefakik boyesam To stop up in the bathhouse, they'd use it to stop up the holes, maybe where Rashi says where the water would come in. That's what, he says, that's what I'm going to use it for. Or, when they want to stir the, or empty out the pot, well, the pot's hot. So in order, basically like oven gloves, you'd hold the bottom of the pot with this piece of material. Or, to use it to clean out the mill with it. So, whether previously it had been mukhan already, or it was not mukhan, either way, Tommy. Now you've given it some use, it's Makabal Tumma, even though it's less than three by three to Fokin. David Rabbi Yes, that's the opinion of Rabbi Yes. But Rabbi Yeshua, I hear Rabbi Yeshua says, whether it's previously Mokhon, whether it's previously not Mokhon, it's less than three by three to Fokin, Tomah, it's not Makabal Tumma. Rabbi Akiva, I hear Rabbi Akiva says, well, it depends. Mina Mokhon Tomah. If it was previously set aside, it was Mokhon, and now you've given it some use, it's Tomah, it's Makabal Tumma. But if it's not Menachem, it's Tom. And some say it's Rabbi Yechonon in the name of Rabbi Yechonon. Everyone agrees, 
Zorko the Ashba, that if you've previously thrown it into the rubbish, that, no one's going to argue, it's definitely no longer Makabal Tumor. You've destroyed any possible Chashivas you could have had. No matter what you decide to do with it now, it's not Makabal Tumor. Top of Chavtes on the base. Hinichai the Kufsa, if you left it in a box, ooh, you gave it a proper Chashivas, everyone agrees that it's Makabal Tumor. Then definitely it's Makabal Tumor. Now you give it, you give it, you gave it a special Chashivas beforehand, and you've given it some use, definitely it's Makabal Tumor. The machlokis is only where you suspend it, you put it on a peg, or you left it behind the door. Now, if you leave it on a peg, that's more chashivas than leaving it behind the door, but it's not as much chashivas as leaving it um, in a special box. So the most chashivas is in a box. There, everyone agrees it's still makabal tunnel. The least chashivas is leaving it in the rubbish. If you leave it in the rubbish, then definitely it's not makabal tunnel, no matter what you do with it now. The in-between two are what we're going to debate now. You've got leaving it on a peg, which is a bit more choshev, or leaving it behind the door, which is a little less choshev, but more choshev than leaving it in the rubbish. So Rabbi Yezah saw where Rabbi Yezah holds. From the very fact that you didn't throw it into the rubbish, well, that shows you didn't get rid of it, so obviously you still have das on it. Therefore, it's makabal tumah. So in other words, so why do you call it Shalom and Amuchan then? It is Muchan, you didn't throw it into the rubbish. The answer is, In comparison to throwing it in, oh, sorry, in comparison to putting it in the box, it's called Shalom and Amuchan. Putting it in the box, that's the ultimate Muchan, that's the ultimate setting it aside. If you don't put it in the box, no matter what you do with it, relative to the box, it's considered Shalom and Amuchan. So therefore the way Rashi learns this is, you read the Rabbi Yazza like this, whether you leave it in the box, or you don't quite leave it in a box, you do less than that. You leave it hanging on the peg, you leave it behind the door. Either way, it's makabal tumor, because you didn't put it in the rubbish. Rabbi Yeshua whereas Rabbi Yeshua holds, no. From the fact that you didn't put it in the box, so you were definitely mavatal it. Why didn't you give it a special box? So why does he call it mukhan? It's not mukhan. You didn't put it in the box. No. In comparison to throwing into the rubbish, this is Mokhan. And therefore you read Rabbi Yeshua like this. Whether you left it on the peg or behind the door, which is comparatively in sort of relationship to the rubbish time, that is Mokhan. Or obviously if you throw it into the rubbish, either way you didn't put it in the box, it's not the Kabbal Tumah. You'd be Mavatsalit. Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva says, well, it depends. If you suspended it on the peg, so that's called Mokhan as far as Rabbi Akiva's whole concern, then he also, that is enough Mokhan to make it a Kabbal Tumah. But if you leave it behind the door, that's already a little less Mokhan, that's Shalom and Amokhan, so in that respect, he also like Rabbi Yeshua. And then, Rabbi Akiva subsequently was closed and he held completely that Rabbi Yeshua. If you don't put it in the box, it's not Makabal Tumah. How do I know that? So Omar Rava says, Rava, from the fact that we learned in our Mishnah, Why didn't he teach Pesilas HaBeget? Lest he should have taught Pesilas HaBeget. A wick made from a beget. I had a full beget and I wrapped it up, made it into a beget. My Pesidas HaBeget, the Pesidas of the Beget, that makes it sound like Da'adayan Begetu. 
Meaning, the says, my psida is how baguette to adai and baguette. I think the other way around what I said. If it would have said psida shell baguette, that would sound like psida shell baguette means I take a little bit of cloth from a baguette and I make it into a wick. Pesidas ha baguette um, is mashma that I took the baguette itself, something which is already, which is still considered a little bit of a baguette. It's got a little bit of chashivas. The hainu it's a little less than three by three to four. We're not talking about three by three at spoils. This is something already which has got some chashivas. Whatever the case, because it's been ha- number one, it's got a certain size. It's also been left left on the on the peg or whatever it is. And in that case, and then I folded it up, it's still got some sort of shame beggars on it, and that's the machlokes. I.e., Rebidiezer holds, it's Makabal Tumul. Because, as we said, you didn't put it in the rubbish dump. That's the main thing, it's Makabal Tumul. Whereas Rabbi Akiva says, Rabbi Akiva was close, he was like Rabbi Yeshua, you didn't put it in the box. You didn't put it in a box, it's not Makabal Tumul anymore. As for the machlokes about Haloka, that stays exactly the same as before. Like Robert explained it, is to do with whether you need to singe a, a wick before lighting it for, for Shabbos. That's the same Machlokas. With regard to Tumor, this is the Machlokas about, again, it's a little less than 3 by 3 Tzfokim, and you put it on the peg or behind the door. That's where the Machlokas is. Now, Tosus, just for the record, disagrees with Rashi, just in the flow of the Gemara. Because according to Rashi, when Rabbi, when Rabbi uh, Eliezer talks about Mukhan and Shalom and Amukhan, so according to him, for him, Mukhan means in the box. Shalom and Amukhan means on the peg or behind the door. When Rabbi Yeshua talks about Mukhan and Shalom and Amukhan, Mukhan means on the peg or behind the door. Shalom and Amukhan means something else, that means in the rubbish dump. There's no consistency. So Tosu says, all of them, Mukhan means on the peg, Shalom and Amukhan means behind the door. And you just read the Gemara through like that. Rabbi Yeshua says both on the peg and behind the door, it's still in the Kabbal Tumor. Rabbi Yeshua says, both on the peg and behind the door, it's not Mechabal Tumor, just like in the rubbish dump. Rabbi Akiva comes along initially and says, well, on the peg, it is Mechabal Tumor. Behind the door, it's not Mechabal Tumor. And then Rabbi Akiva is chozer and um, says, either way, it is no longer Mechabal Tumor, unless you put it in the box. That is it. Says the next Mishnah. Lo yikov odom shuveferes shel beitzah. A person should not take the shell of an egg and put a hole in it. And the idea is then he will fill it with oil. And put it just above the, the lamp. The idea is that it's mamish in the chalal. It's mamish, it looks, so to be part and parcel of the nair. It's not attached to it. And the idea is that the oil will drip, drip, drip into the nair. You shouldn't do that. In order it will drip into the nair, you shouldn't do that. And even if it were to be made of cheres, it wasn't a, a shell of an egg, it was made from potshard, from earthenware. We shouldn't do that because we're worried, as well, we're worried you may come to take from the, from the oil. And if you take from the oil, that may be the issa of mechab. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda Matur, Rabbi Yehuda's not worried about it, he says, nah, you won't come to take from the oil. But if the potter, he joined it to the nair right from the start, it's mamish part and parcel of the nair, then mutter, then it's completely mutter. It's all one big kli. The, the oil is mamish, it's, it's, it's in the nair basically, and therefore it's mutter. Next halacha. And a person should not fill a, a, a bowl with oil. And put it at the side now. You put it at the side next to the nair. Could be a certain distance between the two. And you'll put the second end of the wick the end which is not actually lit, where it's going to draw up the oil, you put it inside the ka'ara. 
Ever in order they'll draw up the oil, you shouldn't do that. Because once again, we're worried you may come to take from the oil. For Rabbi Yehuda, Matzer, and Rabbi Yehuda says it's perfectly mutter. Says the Gemara, it's necessary to tell us all these cases. Because if we were only taught the case of Shreveres, the shell of the egg, I would have said the whole Kami Rabbonin. In this case, the Rabbonin said that we're worried. Because since the oil doesn't become moist, it doesn't become putrid being in the shell of an egg, well, I'll see this Most definitely a person may make the mistake of not realizing this oil is connected to the nerve and will come to take from it to put into his food. But if the oil is being kept in a, in a little clay made of cheres, then the isa becomes putrid. I may say they agree with Rabbi Yoda. No one's going to take from it. Why? You put it in your food? That's why we say, no, even in that case we're worried. The person may take from it, so I don't know, to put on his skin or something like that. And if we were only taught the case of Cheres, I would have said the other way around. The whole Kam Rabbi Yehuda, only in the case of Cheres, Rabbi Yehuda is not worried because the oil has become putrid. But in the first case with the, with the shell of an egg, there the oil is still good quality. It's right to put into your food. I'd say maybe you'll agree with the Rabbon that, there's, that there is what to worry about. And if you told me only these two cases, I would have said, Bahani Kama Rabbi Yehuda, in these two cases, Rabbi Yehuda said, that there is a, uh, there is no, nothing to worry about, Mishum Dura because there's nothing dividing, I can clearly see the oil is dripping, drip, 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 it's much, I can see it's going into the net, I can see where it's going, Avul Ka'ara, but in the case of the bowl of oil, the Nifsikol, where there's a hefsik, there's a division, there's a divide, between the net, and the Ka'ara, it's sitting on the table, at a distance from one another, a person may not realize that the oil is being drawn into the nerve. I would say, maybe in this case he agrees with the Rabbon, there's what to worry about. That's why we say he doesn't. He's still not worried. And if we only told you that case, I would have said, Bahi, call me Rabbon. In that case, the Korah, that's when the Rabbon are worried. Because it's easy to make a mistake. But in the first two cases, where it's clear where the oil is going. I may say they would agree with Rabbi Yehuda that there's nothing to worry about. That's why it's necessary to tell us all the cases. We then go a little further. Let's just go a little further in the Gemara first. We said in the Mishnah that if the potter joined the, the shadow of the egg or the cheres, he joined it to the nair to start with, then it's mutter. Tana has been taught. Sounds like the Balabais himself, not a potter. He, if he joins it with uh, literally lime and uh, pot shard, it's mutter. I v'anan tanan, sorry v'anan yotzetanan. But surely we learn in our mission. It's not no good. The balabayas does it. It's got to be the potter who did it. So we say my yotzet doesn't. What does it mean? The pot it doesn't mean the potter himself. It means end yotzet. It's got to be a professional job, like the potter would have done it. That it, it looks part and parcel, and it stays part and parcel of the nair. Tanya has been taught in a brayso. Omer Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, Pamachas one time. We spent Shabbos in the attic of the house of Notza in Lut. They viewed on and they brought us a the shell of an egg. And we filled it with oil. We put a hole in it. And we left it over the, entry, the, the opening of the nair. And Rabbi Tavon and the elders were there. They never said anything to us. So you see, obviously, it's mutter. 
So Omru Lois, they said back to Rabbi Yehuda, Misham Raya, you think there's a Raya from there? Shani based Notsa, the house of Notsa is different. There's a reason, hey, because they are the reason. They're careful. Like we had earlier, we had a Gemara, where um, we said that in the, in the base Hamikdash, there they could have the, there they didn't have to ensure before Shabbos came in, I think this is on Dafyut Tess, yeah, Dafyut Tess to the top of Chaf Medalot, that in the base Hamikdash and the base Hamikin, they didn't have to ensure that the, the wood had, Roiv had taken fire. Why? Because Kayanim is the reason here. They're careful, we don't have to worry about it. That's what the Gemara sounds like. However, in the Pirisha Mishnah Isla Rambam, the Rambam says that the way he learns it is like this. The fact that Rabbi Tarpan and the Zakani didn't say anything to Rabbi Yehuda, so he understood from that, obviously there's no problem. But the truth is, said the Chachon back to Rabbi Yehuda, you can't bring a ride from there. The reason why they didn't say anything to you is because there's nothing to worry about, because they would be watching you the whole of Shabbos, and they would act a bit like a shomer, and therefore there's nothing to worry about. Seemingly, the Rambam understood the reason Hain is not going on the house of Notzah, it's not going on Rabbi Yehuda, it's going on Rabbi Tavan and the Zakanim. They were the reason, meaning they were relying on themselves to act as a shomer to make sure that no one took from the oil. But it doesn't mean to say that it's mutter to do. Of course it's not mutter to do. The whole chashash doesn't apply in that case because they were watching you the whole of Shabbos. That's one point we find different if you want in the Rambam. But we discussed in the Shir, and I'll just sort of, an abridged version of what we discussed about the whole Issa of Machaba over here. Rashi in the Mishnah, when he talks about the problem if you were to take from the oil, Rashi says something very interesting. He says, maybe you'll, show me his topic in and maybe you'll take from the oil. The kimen shehik tzahulaner chayat, Mishnah Machaber. Since you'd set that oil aside to go into the ner, you'll be, it'll be a problem on Machaber, because if you take away from the oil, Rashi quotes the Tosefta, it's brought to Gemara and Beisah, Tafchaf Beisah, that if you take from the, from the oil of a ner, you're taking away from the oil, that's the Issa of Machaber. If you add oil, that's Mavir, you take away, that's Machaber. So we ask, is it Mukta or is it Machaber? Why? Who cares whether it's Hiksahul and or not? You're taking away oil, which was going to drip into the ner. But MS Duran on the Rif writes exactly the same notion. If you take a look at the Chidusha Oran, it's even clearer. He says the reason why there's an Issa Machaber is because Hiksahul. Which is a little strange. But the MS, the problem becomes more pronounced when you look at the Rama. In Pirisha Mishnayis, the Raman writes, so the problem here is because of Machabah. Because you're going to come, you take out the oil, it's the Issa of Machabah. However, in Mishnah Torah, the Raman writes, that we're worried maybe you'll come to take from the Shem and Shibichli, the case of the Kli as opposed to the Ka'orah, which we're calling the case, let's say, the, the egg, the eggshell. And what's the problem if I take from that? Well, that oil has been set aside for the Ner, and therefore it's Muqsem Achmas so some understand the Ramam's being chayzer. It's not because of Machabah, it's because of Muqsa. So the truth is, if there's Muqsa, then why do you have to come onto Machabah anyway? But also, what, the Ramam's being chayzer, is that shot? But we pointed out another ha'orah on the Ramam. Another ha'orah on the Ramam is, why did the Ramam Mishnah Torah only talk about Shema Yikach Shem and Minakli? Maybe you'll take oil from the Kli. What about maybe you'll take oil from the Ka'orah? He didn't point out that case. So he picks one out of the two, and Kli covers both of them. Maybe. But the Emerson is yet a further Ha'orah on the Ramah. 
And that is going back to Pirish HaMishnah Yislaha Rambam. When the Rambam brings down the Tzrichus, so why you got to have all three cases? So he says, because if I had the case of the, of the eggshell, I would have said, because there, the Rabbonon are worried because it doesn't become moles. So you may take from it. But in the case of Cheres, where it becomes moles, no, it's moles, maybe the Rabbonon wouldn't be worried. And then back and forth. And then he says like this, if you only had the first two cases, I would have thought, you know why Rabbi Yehuda's not worried there? Do you know why? Because there is no connection, the complete opposite of the gifts we've got in the Gemara. Because there is no connection between the two. Masha Enkin, in the case of the Ka'ara, where you've got the wick running between the two, between the Ner and the Ka'ara, connecting the two, there even Rabbi Yehuda would hold as a problem. The opposite of what we said in the Gemara, because in the Gemara it considers, considers it a Hesek. But moreover, it makes it sound like, what do you mean, then Rabbi Yehuda would agree? Why? Because I've got, I've got a wick joining the two, so what? what? What does that mean? Why does that make it more of a Hashash that I may, I may come to take from the oil? It sounds like what the Ramam is saying is that if the wick is actually going into the oil, there's more of a problem of Mechabeh. Not more of a problem that you may come to take from the oil, more of a Hashash you may come to take from the oil. On the contrary, if you've got the wick joining it, why would I be more likely to take from the oil in the Ka'ara? Rather, there's a bigger problem of Mechabeh. What is going on over here? What is going on over here? So we said like this. The truth is we have to go back a little bit. If we go to this Gemara in, in, uh, in Beitza, the Gemara in Beitza says that if a person takes the oil out of the lamp, that's the Isra of Mechaber. So Tosus says, it's not really Mechaber, because you're not affecting the light in any way. Oh, sorry, it's not Mechaber, because you're not extinguishing the light. So what are you going to say? Ah, it's Gram Kibri. But you're causing the light to go out. He says, that's not Gram Kibri. What is Gram Kibri? The case of Gram Kibri we have in Shabbos Daf Kuvchav. There's a fire. I fill up some kalim with water. And I dot them around the, the fire at a slight distance. So when the fire reaches those kalim, the kalim will explode. The water will come gushing out and put out the fire. That's Gram Kibri because it's going to put out the fire. Here I'm not putting out any fire. I've just taken away a little bit of the fuel. So it's toast with the Peshatis, because as you take out a little bit of oil, what happens is that the, the flame diminishes a little bit, just for that moment. So it looks like Mechaber. It looks like Mechaber. Maybe in Esther Rabbanon. That's what the, the Gemara means. It says toast us. If I, let's say, had a candle, and it was burning, and I were to burn away, he says you can't do it with a knife, but I'd burn away the bottom part of the candle, the wax there, taking away some of the fuel, that would be no problem. Because the light never changed. No problem. That's not even Gram Kibri. I'm not putting out the fire. I'm just taking away some of the fuel. Comes along the Rosh. And the Rosh asks, asks from Al Gemara. He says it can't be Peshat. Because in Al Gemara, if I take oil out of the Shveferes, if I take oil out of the Shveferes, it doesn't affect the flame in any way. The flame still burns exactly the same. So what's going on in it? Eramai says the Rosh. Says the Rosh. It makes no difference whether you take, you touch the flame, the psila, the wick, or whether you touch the fuel. It's all one thing. It's all one. If you touch either of them, that is mechaba. That is mechaba. Gram kibui. And the truth is, may I'll, I'll say more on that. He calls it. He says it could be gram kibui. You could call it gram kibui. 
But it's a type of Gram Kibui which everyone agrees is forbidden. The discussion on Daf Kufchaf or Gram Kibui, which is Mutter, that's where you set Kalim around. That's called Dova Chutzah. You do something external to the light. I'm not touching the wick, I'm not touching the lamp, I'm not touching the oil. I'm just setting water around it. That is Gram Kibui, which Rabbi Yossi holds is forbidden, and the Rabbanon holds is permitted. And we pass it at the Rabbanon, it could be, that would be permitted. We pass again at least La Halocha, the Ramal says, he brings from the Mordechai, it's permitted the Mokham Hefset. But if you're touching the oil, that's Gram Kibi, which everyone agrees is forbidden. And therefore, in the case of the candle, you burn away some of the wax, that is Gram Kibi, which everyone agrees is forbidden. There's a debate whether that means Darais or Darabolon, not so clear. But it's definitely forbidden. And therefore, if I take oil out of the Shrepera, same thing, that oil was part of the Nev. Says the, says the Pnei Yeshua, the Pnei Yeshua, do you know what, we're going to leave, leave the Pnei Yeshua out of it. Or, you know what, I've mentioned it, so just very briefly. The Pnei Yeshua comes along and he says, he says, now we can understand why Rashi talks about Shehik Tzohu. That you set it aside, therefore there's Mechadah. What's Peshat? Peshat is because since, because Rashi's also bothered, there's no real Issa of Mechadah when you take oil out. The Peshat is not really Mechadah. The Peshat is when you take oil out of the Ner, it makes the light go down a little bit. It makes the light go down a little bit. So if I take a little bit of oil out of the Shepheferes, it doesn't affect the light. But since I've set that oil aside to be part of the Ner, so therefore, there's no difference whether I take it out of the Ner or whether I take it out of the Shepheferes. Either way, it's got the same din. And therefore, even though it doesn't actually affect the light, that's a problem of, of like, Mexi Kamachaba. It makes it look like Mechaba. A little difficult to understand. A little difficult to understand. But that's what the, the Pnei Yeshua, and then he, he explains it according to the Rosh a little bit as well. But we said like this. We said something slightly different. Because the truth is, it doesn't seem that Rashi holds, of, or definitely not of Tosus in, in Beitzah. The Peshat seems to be like this. When a person sets aside that, on the contrary, Rashi goes like the Rosh. Rashi goes like the Rosh. And the Peshat is that if I take oil out of the Ner, we said it's all part of the same, like one Ner. Whether you take the, touch the Ner, whether you touch the wick, whether you touch the oil, it makes no difference. The Shaila is this oil, which is actually sitting outside of the Ner, it's not all joined together. Is that considered touching part of the Ner itself? The answer is, if you've been makatted, you set it aside that this oil is going to drip into the nair, then it becomes part and parcel of the nair, and therefore you're touching something not external, internal. That is a problem of mechaber or garam kibi, which everyone would agree is forbidden. We said the same peshat goes in the Ramam as well. It's taka because of muksa, but muksa wouldn't be enough of a reason, muksa wouldn't be enough of a reason to, to, to forbid it. Because Muxa is the whole concept of Muxa is only Durabono. So we wouldn't have made the Gazeera, you may come to move it. Nah, that's not enough of a reason. But once there's a problem of Muxa, Muxa means it's like it's joined there. You can't touch it on Jabba's. Obviously the Serach Kufa, the Serach Makome. But it's, it's like fixed in that place. If it's fixed in that place, now it's Mama's part of the, of the Nair. Therefore if you take it out, that's the Issa of Makhabah. It's because it's muksa, that's why there's an Issa Mechaber. Through the muksa that gives, makes it part and parcel of the Ne'er, and therefore there's an Issa Mechaber. 
Now we can understand the Rambam. That's why the Rambam in Mishnah Torah, well, let's, let's, let's first go back to the Rambam in Pirish HaMishnayis, says the Rambam, but in the case where the wit is actually running into the Ka'ara, there maybe even Rabbi Yehuda would agree. You know why? Because there the Hashash is much greater. It's not the Peshat that we're more Cheshish you may take from the oil. The problem is if you take from that oil, that's Mamash Mamash Machaba, you're taking from the oil in the Nair. The wick's actually there. That's much worse. It's not because of Muksa. It's because the wick is Mamash in the Nair. It's, it's in that oil. So therefore, maybe even Rabbi Hosea would agree. Maybe, that, I don't know if it's the rice in that case, maybe one Tarabon wants the rice. That's, a, that's much worse. Even that's the Kiddush. Even in that case, Rabbi Hosea is not worried. We're not worried you're going to come to take from it. Coming back to the Ramam in Mishnah Torah, now we understand why the Ram only talks about Shema Yikach Minakli. Because the Ramam says, in the case where you may take oil from the Ka'ara, that's Poshut what the problem would be. You can't do this thing with the Ka'ara because if you take out of there, that's Mamash Machabeh. Because, as the Rosh explains, you're taking from the oil with a wick inside it, that's, there's no difference whether you touch the wick or you touch the oil. That's Gram Kibbe, which is also. What I have to explain to you is if you take from the Shvay Peres, the Kli, What's the problem there? The wick's not in there. It's not joint. It's not part of the nair. Why is that grand kibri? That's something external. The answer is, because if you take, since you made it muksa, says the Rama, it's muksa machmas iser, it's mamash as if that oil is fixed to the nair. And therefore, through muksa, through the iser muksa, it's become fixed to the nair. If you take from that, you're taking from the ner in, in its entirety, that is not something external, and that's Grand Kibbe, which is awesome. What basically comes out, if we're correct with this thesis, it comes out that the Rosh, Rambam and Rashi, all, and therefore the Ran as well, all seem to go along the same lines. Whereas Tosus has a slightly different shitter. Tosus is that bit more maker holds, it's only if you actually touch the light itself, not if you touch, if you're just t- playing around with the fuel and it doesn't affect the light in any way, of course, then he says it would be mutter, completely mutter. We spoke very briefly about, well not so briefly, but we spoke about the shida of time clocks. Now with time clocks, to be sure, we're not talking about the digital ones, obviously those you can't, you can't do anything with them on, on, on Yontav or Shabbos. We're talking about the mechanical type. So we spoke about a shida, let's say, if you've got a, a time clock and it's set to go off at 12 o'clock, and then I decide, you know what, I want it to go off at, tw- at 10 o'clock. So, in the end, it would seem, it would seem to me, and that's the way I understand it, in fact, let me just explain how, how a time clock works again, we said that basically when it hits 12 o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever it is, the little hands there, what, whichever time clock it is, whether it's the part things you press in, or whether it's, you've got hands there, either way, the arms, I should say, either way, it, it like triggers a switch, and the switch t- breaks or makes the circuit. So, the way I understand it is, you're not, you're not taking away any fuel, the fuel is always there. What you're doing is you're breaking the circuit. You're breaking the connection between the fuel and the, and the, uh, and the flame. If you want, it's equivalent to all of a sudden just suddenly taking away all the fuel. Even if you, toast, if you take away all the fuel, that is putting out the fire. That is putting out the fire. And that would be, of course, that would be touching the flame. This sounds most similar to the case of setting the, setting the uh, things with the cadence with water around it. In which case, that's the case of Gram Kibu, which according to the Rabbonon is Muta, which is the way we would pass it. Which is the way, the, the way we would pass it. However, as we said, 
the the Ramal says that it's only b'mokayim b'mkayim hefsed. It is worth mentioning, by the way, as we said, the Mishnah says he says this this whole thing of the of the uh, the Ramal, it's, it's not really understood. It's shitas yochid on Yom Tov. You don't have to worry about it. Even shalev b'mokayim hefsed. The only thing is, there are a couple of things to bear in mind. Number one is, number one, one should bear in mind the following. It's not so posh that it's exactly the same as the case of the Kadim, because over there, the fire has to, the fire breaks the cleat and then the water comes out. Here, you're setting up something that the minute the fire, so to speak, the, the, the hands come around, straight away it cuts out. It's not that it has to do something first. In which case, that may be more similar to having like a wall of, of ice, which you set up, and when the fire hits there, straight away, it puts it out. Now, we didn't really go through this in the shit. I've got more to, to say on the subject. I'm not convinced that that's a perfect dimion either. I think it could be more similar to a, to a nut. The kids, it, it's not so posh at all, what, to say one way or the other. Even if it was similar to the case of the like the, the wall of ice, it's not so posh that that's forbidden either. It's a to shine in. Um, therefore, there's definitely a good argument to say it should be motto. Even if you want to say, now, the thing is like this. If you want to say that it is, if you want to argue, maybe you could argue it is similar to taking away the fuel, then it would be subject to the Machalikas, Tosfus and the Rosh. Now, although the Ramal says the Minag is like Tosfus, therefore we could be Mekel, but the Mishnah says that Achorim say we should pass out the Machaber to be Machmin at the Rosh. But kids of what we're seeing, whichever Mahalik you take, whether it's like the case of setting up the water, or whether it's setting, or it's like taking away the fuel with the, like the candle, more like that candle case, you're not affecting the flame in any way straight away. Either way, it's not a clear-cut heter. There's no clear-cut heter. But Mokon Tzorah should be what to rely upon. The problem is that many places can understand that you shouldn't mess with time clocks at all. Because they say this is not considered gram. Ramosha Feinstein, Rabbi Yasha, they both understand that it's mamash, since a time clock is made for this, that's not gram, this is an actual maisa. It's an actual maisa of machabah. Because that's what it's made for. That's not gram, that's not causing it. And therefore, they hold, you can't touch it not to make it earlier, not to make it later, nothing, there's nothing doing that. Um... There are one or two other shitters to talk about, but time sim- simply does, does, not, does not allow for it. The bottom line is probably you'd have to ask a shayla, as with all these sort of things. Um, if it's a case of, let's say, 10 o'clock, it was going off at 10 o'clock, and you want to make it later to put it off at 12 o'clock, as I said, according to these posts, you can say you can never touch it, they may even hold as a problem on muksa. It's not so posh as muksa because it's Rishwem Zalman says, Rishwem Zalman says, even if it's Muqsa, it's Muqsa Machmas Isser. Muqsa Machmas Isser, you're allowed to move the Torah Gufa. So then it, it should be Muqsa. The bottom line is, if there's no Torah, you're better off not touching it. If there's a Torah, as I said, according to this post, you wouldn't be able to touch it, but there's definitely what to rely upon to be able to say you can move it, especially that way. As for going the other way, as I said, going to making it going off earlier, that already is a little, more than a little more debatable, but again, for a big Tzorech, it could well be, you've definitely got what to rely upon, postcard upon which to rely, to allow it. Rishlema Zalman does allow it, for the Tzorech, like for a Chayla or something like that, he would, seemingly would allow it. And as I said, the bottom line is probably to ask a Shaila. There is more to speak about it. Um, I don't think we've covered all the necessary Sugas of Gemara in order to be able to fully to, to, to do it uh, 
full justice. The Gemara now continues on. Oben Tzipayro, he dragged a bench, um, in an attic, made the, the floor was made of marble, so he couldn't make a groove. In front of Rabbi Yitzchok ben Adoza. said to him, If I keep quiet to you, in other words, I don't object, as Rabbi Tarfan and the Zakanim did to Rabbi Yoda, just like there, Rabbi Yoda misunderstood the silence, misinterpreted it, so the Chorba will come out of it for, for my silence here. I can't allow you to do this. Gezeira Elisa the Shisha Otto Elisa the Alma. We're going, I'm saying it's forbidden, a gazera, because if you allow it to be done in, a, in an attic made of marble, you'll come to do it in an attic made of earth. And there it'll make a groove, it'll be isav chorish or boiner, we can't allow it. Tosfer says the reason being here, because within that town, there were many people who had earthen floors. But if in that whole town everyone had marble, there wouldn't be anything to worry about, you don't have to worry about other towns. Again, the halakha, there's what to talk about, but Ezzat Hashem will speak more about it with the when we come to the sugya later on, the daf study here that Tosfos is speaking about. Rish Kanishto the Botra, the Rosh Hakanesses, the person who was in charge of uh, sort of ushering people in, putting, giving people seats, etc. Of Botra, Gora Safsala Le'Elam Rabbi Yirmiyah Rabbi. He dragged a bench in front of Rabbi Yirmiyah Rabbi. So Omale, so Rabbi Yirmiyah Rabbi said to him, "Come on, like who are you doing that? Rabbi Shimon, it must be your game, Rabbi Shimon." I.e. You didn't intend to make a groove in the ground, so nothing to worry about. Let's say Rabbi Shimon only said that with big benches. Because there's no other way to do it. You can't carry it. It's too heavy. But with small ones which you could have carried yourself, you didn't have to drag it. Did he allow you to drag them, risking making a groove in the ground? And the truth is this argues on Ula. Because Ula said quite to the contrary. Machlokes biktanim. The whole machlokes between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon is only with small ones. Avol bigdoinim, but with big benches that you can't pick them up. To be akolmuta, everyone would agree it's muta. Even Rabbi Yehuda would agree it's muta. Completely the opposite of what Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi said. So most of Rabbi Yosef, so Rabbi Yosef asked the kasha on both of them. We've learned in the Mishnah, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shimon says, mito A person can drag a, a, a bed, a chair. Or a bench, as long as you didn't intend to make a groove in the ground. Now, it teaches big objects like a bed, and it teaches smaller ones like a like a chair. Why does it need to teach both? If it's just, if it's just Rabbi Shimon speaking here, so tell me, uh, tell me even a small one, and I'd say Kolshakin a big one, which you can't possibly lift. Why did he tell me the big ones as well? It must be because he's telling you. That for the Chiddush of Rabbi Yehuda. We know Rabbi Yehuda is going to come and argue on Rabbi Shimon. And he says, even in the big ones, which you can't lift, I don't care. You're not allowed to drag it. Even though there's no other way of doing it, you're not allowed to drag it in case it makes a groove on the ground. Dovashim is carbon is awesome. on both of them. You see that Rabbi Shimon allows both small and big, and Rabbi Yehuda forbids both small and big. So, Ula Mataris Tetame, Rabbi Yimin Yorab Mataris Tetame, each one will answer according to his shetah. Ula Mataris Tetame, Ula answers according to his reasoning. Mito Dumyot He'll say that the bed we're talking about is like the, the, like the chair, i.e. it's a small bed. And that's why, since it's a small one, that's why Rabbi Yehuda says you can't do it. Because we're worried, you, uh, sorry, because with a small one, you could have carried it. That's why Rabbi Yehuda doesn't allow it. 
Whereas for Rabbi Yimiyo Rabbi Matanish Tatami, Rabbi Yimiyo Rabbi, he answers according to his reasoning. Kisidum is a mitzvah. On the contrary, the type of chair we're talking about is like the bed, a big one, a big chair, like the Kisidum Shel Eliyoh, which you can't carry. That's why Rabbi Shimon allows you to drag it. So Mosif Rabbi, so Rabbi asked on this, we've learnt, Moichre Kasus, people who sell, we learnt in the Mishnah in Kilayim, people who sell garments, Moichre and Kedarakon, they can sell in their normal fashion. Normally they'd wear the baguette in order to show the, sell, the, the potential buyers what it looks like. Now even if there's Kilayim in there, there's sharpness, as long as you didn't intend to get benefit in the sun, to protect yourself from the sun, or in the rain, to protect yourself from the rain. But nonetheless, those who were extra particular, they wouldn't wear it. They'd put it in a stick over their back. They wouldn't actually wear it. Now, surely this is clearly Sir Rabbi Shimon. This is Dr. Shimon's and we're being, we're allowing it. You didn't intend? It's good enough. You, everyone could do like this. You don't have to wear it. That's like small objects, which you don't have to drag on the floor. You could have lifted them. And when, we, when you didn't intend to get benefit from it, we allow it. That's a knockout. I.e., that according to Rabbi Shimon, it makes no difference whether you could do it in a different way or not. If you didn't intend to make the groove, you didn't intend to get the benefit from the clothes, that is perfectly permissible. And that's the way we pass it. You take a look at Shulchan Aruch, Ben Gadolim, Ben Katanim, we pass in Rabbi Shimon, as long as you didn't intend to make the groove, that's good enough. Ask Tosus, but, in fact, let's go one stage before that. Says the Ram, B'shem the Ra'ol, but isn't it Domash, isn't it Psikresha? If you're talking about big benches, it's definitely going to make a groove. He says, no, no, no. It's not that big. Avad, we're not talking about it'll definitely make a groove. Okay, very good. And that's the way the Beis brings it from the Rekeh, not from the Ram. He brings it from the Rekeh, same idea. The Mokin Abron brings that to the Halacha. As long as it won't definitely make a groove, that, of course, is forbidden. Fine. Then we go to the next case, the case of the clothes. Ask Tosfus. Very nice, you didn't intend to get benefit from the sun. Because, you know, protection from the sun or the rain. But you are, it's psikresha. He says, no, you're not, because I've already got other clothes. That's the answer to Tosfus. And that's the answer other Rishonim use as well. Tosfus, the Rashba. The Ritzvah gives a different teret. Shatz is not actually wearing it on your back. You're wearing it differently. But the Ritzvah himself says that Rashi does. No, your mom is wearing it on your back. Fine. And... To cut a sort of a, a relatively long story short, that's the way sort of the, the, the base Yosef reconciles Astira and the Rambam. Because the Rambam passes like this Mishnah, but he also passes like another Mishnah, which says that you can't wear lots of begotten one on top of the other, which is Shatnas, to escape, to escape tax, co- to, co- tax collectors. So the Rush says, well, the two Mishnahites disagree with one another. One holds Dovah Shem is Kavin is Mota, one holds it Lhasa. But the Raman passes out both of them. Lukula and Lukumra, what's going on? Says the Beis Yosef, like the Ritval says. Because in the case of the clothes, you have to actually wear them. So it's Psikresha. That's Psikresha, so of course it's forbidden. Whereas in the case of the Sele, he doesn't actually have to wear it properly. Well, he like, drapes it in such a way that he doesn't definitely get a from it. That's how the Raman answers it. And there's a Taz, and there's a Shah who give a slightly different answer, because they say that in the case of the tax collector, 
The only way you can evade the taxes is by wearing it. So the wearing it is, is, a, is a definite hanol. You can't get out of that. That's the hanol. You can't say I didn't intend. Mashaykin, in the case of the, of the seller, you could do it, you could do it in a different way. You don't have to wear it. You could do it in another way. But it's just that for convenience, this is the way you do it. Fine. However, Rashi, the Rambam, the Shotei Agibayrim, they quote a Rashbar, but, and, and the, the, um, the Rabyo, the way he explains Rashi, seem to hold a different shetah. And that is just very bekitza. They hold that if I could do the action I want, I could do it in a different way. And by doing it in a different way, I would not be doing the Issa as well. By doing that, I can show that I've got two separate mice running simultaneously. I'm dragging the bench from A to B, but I could have done it in a different way. I could have asked somebody to help me take it. I could have taken it, put a piece of cloth underneath it to stop it making a groove. I could have achieved what I wanted without doing any Issa. That shows that the groove which is being, which is being made is a separate Misa to what I'm to the Misa of Heta. And then I can say, I only wanted the Misa of Heta, I didn't want the Misa of Issa, that's Dovash Amos Kavim. I didn't intend for this. It's a Chiddush, it's what the Ramam seems to hold, the way the Merkeva Samishna explains it. I'm cutting it short, go back to the, to the Shea for more information. That's what the Ramam seems to hold, that's what Rashi, Rashin Zavokhim holds as well. The Raviyah, the Riyaz, they hold again. If I could do the same thing without contravening any Issa, then even though I'm doing it now in a way which will cause an Issa, but I didn't, I'm not interested in the Issa, that's Dovash Emiskar. The Nafkamina, sort of a uh, sort of practical Nafkamina would be, my Rosh Hashiva said, would be walking past a light. You know, one of these sensor lights or a video camera. I could have walked around it. But I didn't have to walk around it. So I don't have to walk around it. Because the fact that I could walk around it and avoid turning on the light shows that the fact that I'm walking and turning on the light are two separate things. I'm only interested in walking. I'm not interested in turning on the light. That comes under Dovah Shemis Kavim. Nonetheless, in my humble opinion, I find it hard to rely on that Lahalokha. Because as we said, over here in the case of the clothes, Tosrus, Tosrus Harosh, the Rashbo, the Ritzvo, the Basiosik, the Shaf, the Taz, the Mogin Abraham in terms of the case of the bench, doesn't, in all these cases, does not seem to hold of this colour. They give different answers. And therefore, yes, you've got a Rashi, you've got a Rambam, you've got a Rabio, and you've got the Shiltagi Bodim to rely on. But Lahalokha, it doesn't seem we hold like this. The way the Shulchanor brings that, it doesn't seem this is the way we pass it. And therefore, although as a sniff, I would have thought you can use it, but as, a, as an Ikaheta, I find it a little difficult. Again, for more information, and the Rosh as well, we also brought the Rosh. The Rosh, his shitter would seem to be Dafka in a case where there mummish two separate mice. And again, I've run out of time, you'd have to go back to the original Shir to hear more information. But Dafka, when there mummish two completely separate mice, I'm walking, and the walking does not actually involve any Issa. Something else happens at the same time, I'm smelling Aved But I could, I didn't have to smell Aved That shows that the walking is a complete mice of Heta. That's where the Rosh allows it. But where it's the same mindset, it's the dragging on the bench, which is making the groove as well as transporting it, the fact that I could have done it in a different way, so what? You didn't do it in a different way. 
Therefore, as I said, as a sniff, I would have, I would have thought you can use it. But as an ikahetah, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't have thought it's enough. As I said, ketamatah on the rabbi, I wouldn't have agreed that it's, it's enough of a hetah, uh, it's not even an ikahetah, maybe as a sniff, but alma. But to find a hetah, we'd have to look at other things. There are other hetahim suggested. And, uh, again, perhaps for another time and, uh, when I say another time, another place, uh, but as it's a shame to be covered at a later date.